Thank you for listening in right now. Glad to have you here. My name is Nyla, and this is Greener Thoughts. I help you understand the environment today so you can experience a greener life. Let's connect online. You can reach Greener Thoughts by voice message. The anchor.fm link is in each episode's show notes. You can do so via the Anchor app or by email at greenerthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Let's get started with the environmental announcements for the podcast episode. So be sure to mark your calendars or just keep these dates on track. Um, I'm really excited because I did um, get a replacement phone uh, and it was a gift, a birthday related birthday gift. Of course, when this is recorded, it's going to be in February. February 15th is my birthday, but this episode will appear in September, so the the dates will be kind of wonky, but it's all explained, of course, in the description of the podcast episodes, and you'll see, um, you know, that change and everything, have to kind of catch up, but yes, I'm really excited because I have a new phone, and so hopefully the recordings will be even more um, uh, smooth in uh, other podcast episodes in the future. I think I'm probably going to have to get a new um, connector for the aux cable soon um, because it's one of the uh, phones with a C um, cable uh, charge port, so I'm going to have to deal with that, but I'll deal with that as it comes. Uh, So I want to talk about the environmental uh, announcements, namely the first one, which is National Elephant Appreciation Day. For all those who love elephants, you'll love that you can celebrate them on September the 22nd. Number two is World Car Free Day, and that's where many cities all across the world celebrate uh, in uh, making sure that, you know, you go a a day or a time uh, in that day without having a car. And so this means going to, you know, your favorite shops or seeing your family or friends or just taking a walk, um, getting some exercise and being car free. So that date is also celebrated on September the 22nd. Uh, Number three is World Rhino Day, which is also celebrated on September 22nd. Next is number four, Earth Overshoot Day, which is on September the 23rd. And then number five is World Environmental Health Day, which is celebrated on September the 26th. Headlines from the Hemispheres is the next segment up. It's where I cover environmental news all across a wonderful planet. And one of the first headlines is uh, regarding some of the biggest companies on the planet, as you know, Facebook and Google. So Facebook and Google announced plans to become carbon neutral, and The Guardian had that story. Now, this is some news coming out of the U.S., Uh, Both of these companies are out of the U.S. and they're one of the biggest uh, on our planet. And they have joined the fight and really trying to become carbon neutral. And this is their path that they've been kind of on for some time. They've had other 
announcements in the past that sort of broke records and they've kind of joined other competitors like Apple and Microsoft to uh, absorb and uh, take out carbon out of the atmosphere and also a move to uh, not put any more carbon into the atmosphere. So with Google, they actually started committed to they actually started committing to being carbon neutral back in 2007, which seems so long ago. Um, and it was a sort of huge success for Google because it meant that you know since that time they have been offsetting all the carbon that they've ever emitted uh, into the atmosphere since their foundation, uh, since their founding um, back in 1998. And uh, with uh, renewable energy, they have plans to be um, totally uh, renewable uh, when it comes to energy uh, by 2030. Now, Google back in 2017, so much more recently, they became a net zero company, which meant that they were uh, trying to buy renewable energy to match their energy usage and their output, but they kind of are, um, as of now, fully unable to commit to uh, eliminating uh, all of the the carbon emitting emitting generation uh, entirely. So they need even more renewable energy to match their output. So that's a big change. Even though they're 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 getting at it, it's kind of you know difficult right now. But at least you know they're committed to and setting aims to be carbon neutral. With Facebook, though, uh, they say uh, in uh, for the year twenty twenty that uh, they wanted to become one hundred percent supported by renewable energy, and they set uh, the goal even further by making sure that their uh, value chain. It has zero net emissions by 2030, and that includes its suppliers and its users. Next is a headline out of Australia, and it's about pilot whales. So nearly 500 pilot whales found stranded on sand beaches, beach in Australia. HuffPost had a story in the environment section and yes this is a devastating headline out of australia so i saw the headline in a few different um outlets online and when i saw it uh, on a post i had to uh, look at it and it was a little bit of video but um there have been uh, a lot of of um strandings or beachings of animals in recent years. And in Australia, they found nearly 500 pilot whales. 380 of them had died. And that was one of the largest mass strandings ever recorded for Australia. Now, Tasmania, which is one of the only parts of Australia that has had huge mass strandings, uh, they occasionally uh, do um, those occasionally do occur uh, in or on the Australian mainland. Uh, when it comes to another uh, type of mass stranding that happened, uh, it happened back in uh, 1996 uh, in Western Australia with 320 pilot whales doing the same thing uh, near the, the um, town of Dunsborough. And one of the latest strandings 
was uh, 50 whales back in Tasmania uh, in the year 2009. Lastly is a news piece out of London, England, and it's about nuclear power plants. So world's operating nuclear fleet at 30-year low as new plants stall, according to a report. Reuters.com had this story, and again, it's out of England. And this is a great thing for all those who oppose nuclear power, such as myself. Um, there have been uh, no or um, halting levels of uh, new new. Um, nuclear plant facilities, and it's really been struggling for investments um, from those who, you know, want to cater to nuclear power plants in that industry. It's at a 30-year low, and it's according to the annual World Nuclear Industry Status Report, WNISR. So about 408 nuclear reactors uh, were in operation and existing in 31 countries as of July 2020, and that number has been steadily decreasing with 52 new plants uh, across the globe um, having 33 behind schedule and uh, not a single a new project came online in the first six months of 2020, according to the report. With this news topic, it does mainly come from treehugger.com. And I think this is a great time to talk about the topic indeed because I have not uh, really done a podcast episode about insecticides, um, though I have done one recent one about preventing herbicide exposure, namely glyphosate. Um, I've done uh, episodes about caring for succulents and which types are helpful or for those who are sort of new to taking care of succulents. Um, my experience for uh, dealing with and uh, trying to plant and growing succulents and, you know, cacti and, um, you know, also composting. That's one of my uh, top listen to podcast episodes, one of my favorite ones I've ever done. And I have an, an, a, other, a few other type of podcast episodes too about like insect repellents and the best things um, for you to, you know, safeguard your garden and things like that. But uh, I think this is a, a great one for anyone who loves going outside, who loves nature, but who wants to get rid of pesky uh, insects and just any vermin, period, that are on your precious shrubs and fruits and vegetables and wonderful, uh, you know, award-winning flowers. And um, I think it will prove very helpful. And this is one that I think I will I will definitely come to go come back to and listen to as well because I do listen to some of my podcast episodes. I repeat them uh, back for the good information, even though I do have a wealth of notes and everything and links and stuff about each podcast episode. I can also come back to it as well. So I want to talk about a brief disclaimer that uh, not all insects are going to be harmful, but um, you should uh, put caution in spraying or using insecticides because, you know, they could harm more insects that you plan to, um, you know, have in the way. And that because they are natural, that's a good thing, but sometimes harmful um, or harm can uh, come to, you know, your soil, garden, and even you, if not used properly, um, you want to protect yourself because, um, you know, it is a, a chemical uh, 
um, even though it is natural and it's it's used to these insecticides are used to you know prevent um, pests and destroy them and, and, and repel them from um, what you're trying to deter them from and so um, they could have serious potential of harm for you animals other animals that maybe eat those um, insects in the environment so just choose the best option in either of these I talk about and uh, regarding these I'll break them down as far as the materials needed the insects that are going to be affected um, and also the particular a spray mixture and, or spray itself and uh, the instructions for each. So let's get started. So we're going to talk about homemade insecticides that get the job done and we're going to start with the first one which is the vegetable oil spray. And the materials that are needed is a mild soap. I'm going to refer to a mild soap as something like a, a natural dish uh, detergent, uh, ones for, you know, washing your dishes, something like um, seventh generation, for example, or Castile soap, which is great. I love using it. I get a big one from Giant. It's, you know, capable of cleaning so much and it has a million and one uses, it seems like. Uh, also, you're going to need vegetable oil. You're going to need cooking measurement tools, a spray bottle, and water. And for some of the materials needed in, in other uh, insecticides I'll get to, I'm going to repeat some materials because most often uh, the materials vary a little bit between each uh, concoction, um, but only a little bit. Uh, next, um, when it comes to the insects it's best on, it'll be aphids, mites, thrips, and other pesky insects. So step one or step A is you want to mix one cup of vegetable oil with one tablespoon of soap and then cover that uh, container and that mixture and shake thoroughly. B is that afterwards you want to add two teaspoons of the oil uh, spray mix uh, uh, with a one quart of water. So that mixture of um, the vegetable oil in the soap, you want to then put, again, two teaspoons uh, of that oil spray with uh, one quart of water. And then C is that you want to shake all the mixture fully and then spray wherever you're having the problem of the pesky insects. That could be also on plants, um, anywhere that it's affecting um, your garden and your shrubs or flowers or plants. Um, so what is happening is that the oil is coating the bodies of the insects and it effectively suffocates them, um, blocking their pores through which they breathe. Number two is the soap spray. Now with uh, the soap spray, you're going to need uh, the similar materials. You're going to need a mild soap, like a Castile soap or another type of soap. Of course, natural is best. Um, and then you're going to need different cooking measurement tools, a spray bottle, and also water. Uh, the insects that it's that the spray is best on is that it's best for controlling mites, aphids, white flies, beetles, and other hungry little insects. Uh, step A is to mix one and a half teaspoons of a mild liquid soap, such as a Castile soap I mentioned, with one quarter of water, and then mix spray the mixture directly on any infected surfaces of plants. And it's best to apply this in the evenings or early mornings rather than hot mornings outside. 
Number three is the neem oil spray. And for this, you're going to need neem oil, a mild soap like, like a Castile soap or another uh, type of uh, natural soap. Um, and then also cooking measurement tools. Of course, I'll specify which ones. A spray bottle, a spray bottle and water. The insects that a neem oil spray is best on um, really depends on uh, the insects themselves, but you want to go for ones that uh, end up having an egg, larvae, and adult life cycle. And it's also great as a, um, a natural uh, uh, fungicide because it will really combat fungal growths on plants too. So there's really only one big step with this. It's just to start out with a mixture of two teaspoons of neem oil and then one teaspoon of the mild liquid soap and then shake that uh, together with one quart of water and then spray it on your affected plants uh, or any eggs or larvae of any insects you're trying to get rid of. With the neem oil spray, it will act as a hormone disruptor for any insects you're planning to kill. Uh, number four is the uh, diatomaceous earth, DE. And uh, with DE, you're going to need just the diatomaceous earth um, and a particular type of container. Any one is fine, like a mason jar or maybe a glass Pyrex type of container, or maybe a reusable uh, plastic bottle, whatever you can get your hands on that you're trying to um, use for this purpose is great. If you have it in your garden, that's even better. Uh, it's best on insects like aphids or spider mites, hornworms, uh, white flies, snails, slugs, um, because it disrupts their uh, patterns of movement and roughs it up a bit. Any of those are fine. Essentially, any um, type of insect that's really giving you problems. So because of uh, the um, rough texture and its ability of the um, of the diatomaceous earth for absorbing um, lipids and you know waxiness, it's great um, on insects exoskeletons because it dehyd he dehydrates them to death. Um, and you'll, you'll want to apply it and kind of simply dust it around your plants or sprinkle a little bit around where you think maybe snails or slugs are as well as, well as other crawling insects, wherever they may, um, uh, congregate or maybe they come out at a specific time. You want to, you know, do it beforehand, maybe the night before. And you're going to want to reapply after raining and also wear a mask uh, when applying uh, the DE because it's pretty dusty and can be an irritant and you're going to want to look for food grade uh, wherever you can find it. So food grade quality uh, dimaceous, um, diatimaceous earth or DE. Number five is the garlic spray. And with the garlic spray, you're going to need garlic, uh, a food processor or blender, a jar, vegetable oil, a spray bottle, a mild soap, also cooking measurement tools, and also water. It's best to use this as a bug repellent so it can kind of fit in with your other natural or organic bug repellents or other homemade ones that you have in store as well. Uh, so step A, the first one is to make 
Um, with making this basic uh, garlic spray, you're going to need two whole bulbs of uh, the garlic and not just two cloves. And you're going to want to pu puree them in a blender or food processor with a quart of water. And then you're going to want to let the mixture sit overnight and then strain it into a quart jar. And that's the second step. And C is to add one half cup of vegetable oil, um, which is optional, but it's, it's best to use it. And then you're going to want to use a teaspoon, one teaspoon of liquid, the mild liquid soap, like the Castile soap, um, and enough water to fill the entire jar. And when using this mixture um, to um, uh, go about spraying it, you can do so on infested plants. Um, it's great. Or as a bug repellent, wherever you want to get rid of bugs. Um, and you can use this to spray them. Number six is the chili pepper spray. The materials needed are fresh hot peppers or chili pepper powder, whichever you have. Um, and then a spray bottle, a mild soap. A cooking measurement tools, a pot, and also some water. So these are great for basically any um, insect that you can get your hands on or just hate entirely. This is best for any um, insect. It really doesn't matter. Um, so step um, A, the first one, is to, when making the basic uh, chili spray from the pepper powder, which is different than the hot peppers, those are uh, two different ones. You're going to want to mix uh, tablesp one tablespoon of the chili powder with one quart of water and then several drops of the mild liquid soap. So it's a little bit different with this recipe, this concoction, because you're using drops of the liquid soap and not any measurement tools of it. And with um, trying to make the chili spray from fresh chili peppers, you can blend um, number step uh, number one is to blend or puree one half cup of the peppers with one cup of water. Step B is to add one quart of water and bring it to a boil. And C is to let it sit until uh, cooled and then strain out the chili mixture. And then D step is to add several drops of the liquid soap to it and then use it as a spray. And please be careful to, uh, when making this, use gloves and just try and keep it away from your eyes and nose and mouth. Next to last one is number seven, is the all-in-one homemade spray. So with this one, it has so many things in it. It has garlic, you could use onion, use all the materials needed. Um, cayenne pepper powder, a mild soap, um, cooking measurement tools, a pot, a spray bottle, and also water. It's also best on any insect, doesn't really matter. So step A, uh, first one is to puree one bulb of garlic and one small onion. Step uh, B is to add one teaspoon of cayenne pepper powder and let steep for an hour. And step C is to strain the mixture and add one tablespoon of liquid soap and mix well. And D is to, of course, use the spray mixture. Number eight and the last one is to try using tomato leaf spray. Now, now the materials needed is simply cooking measurement tools, a spray bottle, uh, also a strainer, a pot, and water, and also the uh, fresh uh, tomato leaves. 
So it's best on aphids and other types of insects. And for the first step, step A is to chop two cups of fresh tomato leaves, which you can take from the bottom part of the plant um, into uh, one quart of water. So again, two cups of the leaves into one quart of water. Step B is to let this steep overnight, not boil, just steep maybe on one or two uh, on your uh, your island setting for cooking. And then uh, C, step C is to strain out the plant material and spray onto any plant foliage. I really liked all of those different uh, types of sprays and it's kind of cool. Um, you know, just seeing all the different varieties that are out there and uh, most often uh, they contain, you know, the same ingredients, similar ingredients. So you're really not um, losing out or losing too much money because you're using the same types of things for all these eight different types of sprays beyond, you know, uh, steeping them for a long time, some of them or um, you know, chopping up and having fresh uh, things like the fresh chili peppers, you'll get a lot of use out of like all of these. And even with the uh, diatomaceous uh, earth, the DE earth, that um, is great too, because you can just use it and store it and have it for a long, long time and store it in something like a jar or another container uh, that you were probably going to, you know, reuse or recycle another way. It's great to reuse it this way. So I really like the vegetable oil spray and also the soap spray too. Pretty handy. You know, who doesn't have vegetable oil on hand? And any any uh, soap that is, of course, natural organic you want to use um, in any of these concoctions because you don't want to use something like, you know, Dawn spray or another type of um, um, soap, Dawn spray, Dawn soap um or palm olive or anything like that because you still want it to you know biodegrade and still be um uh, non-harmful or non-toxic for um any animals that aren't insects for example now uh, when it comes to a dish soap um i have used another um spray an apple cider vinegar recipe and i think i added some soap droplets too i use um, the seventh generation one, I have a, a big, huge bottle of it and I have the clear variety. Like I love how their soaps are clear. Method is also great. I love their soaps too. Um, I know I love their hand soaps mainly. I haven't seen too much dishwashing soaps, uh, in use as of lately. Um, but I love their soaps, a very good quality, amazing ingredients. I talked about them in the Eco Company Spotlight and they're amazing company and you know it 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 doesn't make sense to use you know dawn or an, another um non-natural brand for the purposes of this and you know i think it's kind of ironic how you know dawn it cleans up oil slicked animals yet its soap ingredients are petroleum based and they're part of the same problem that they want to you know make themselves clean up um, I, I'm not probably the only one uh, who thinks about this or has been a critic um, of these petroleum-based um, soap brands, but that's also something you want to think about. Like if, if you're supporting Dawn, you're kind of um, churning the wheel and, you know, putting fuel on the fire because there will, will inevitably be oil slicks and oil spills, and they're going to promote 
and try to paint this eco-friendly image of themselves in the media and to the public, but they're part of the same problem because their ingredients are not organically based or certified or done through a third party um, when it comes to uh, research in their ingredients. And they, for a long time, have been cleaning up animals after um, popularized um, oil spills um, or historic oil spills. So they're part of the problem. So I would urge anyone to not feed the machine and to not um, be a part of um, using Dawn's products in any of these sprays, much less in you know your day-to-day -day washing of your dishes. So I also want to uh, talk about briefly that with Castile Soap, it has so many uses. I love, love, love Castile Soap. I use it for cleaning a bathroom, for the sink sometimes, it's great for flooring, it's great for any uh, spill essentially, and other things too. I'm going to get to the benefits um, or the many uses of them as well. I talked about um, it in another podcast episode, it's entitled The Soap Like No Other, The Many Benefits and Uses of Castile Soap. I love it and I recorded that um, some time ago, but the date is from April the 19th, 2020. Um, it's episode 147 and it has many uses like for health and beauty. You can even use it as a shampoo or for hand soap. Um, it's good for that or for makeup remover, um, as a body soap too, face wash, or even for soaking your feet. Some people use, um, types of bath salts or Epsom salts for soaking their feet too. And as far as your household, you can use um, Castile soap as a dish soap, which is fine. Laundry soap, um, all-purpose cleaner, which is what I use it for. Also, um, it's great for cleaning your floors, produce, you know, just soaking it a little bit in produce as a bug repellent. Also, for cleaning windows, that's great pairing with um, some soap or even doing like a vinegar and water and also using newspapers to clean your windows. It works well and as a general bathroom cleaner, and also one for your shower in tiles. In the Mother Earth Minutes, we're going to review in the next few minutes proactive things that we can also do to combat the issue in episode and to protect Mother Earth. Now, there was one simple, uh, I think, message with this podcast episode, and that's in varying all the types of insecticides you can use, of course, them being natural, homemade, they're really fun to make. It's almost like you're, you know, DIYing uh, the whole process of, you know, protecting your garden. It's really great, uh, inexpe uh, inexpensive ingredients and materials using um, that, you know, you get so much, uh, use out of all these different things. And I'm going to just talk about a few different other insecticides you could also use as well, because you're probably going to have these also on hand as well. Um, really great, useful products in uh, everything that I've, you know, mentioned, but I found a few more on a few other sites too. So Global Healing had a few, uh, different, um, uh, insecticides too, of course, uh, simply unnatural ones that you can make at home. Uh, the first one is with eucalyptus oil. 
and it's a great natural pesticide for flies, bees, and wasps. I wish I had learned about this years ago, especially outside where bees and wasps and sometimes when flies get in the house. Um, so you're going to want to sprinkle some drops uh, where the insects would normally be. So this may be on flowers or near branches or just anywhere where you think that the flies and bees and wasps, wasps will be. Number two is the salt spray, and this is great for combating spider mites. You're going to mix two tablespoons of a Himalayan crystal salt into a gallon of warm water and then spray that on any affected areas. And then lastly, number three is for um, using beer. So for any beer traps. Um, you're going to be able to capture slugs and snails because they love the stuff. They love fermented drinks and fermented um, things. So I don't know if it works on kombucha. It probably doesn't. Not sure. But uh, in any regard, you could use you know leftover lager um, from uh, your uh, infamous or well-known uh, bar in town or one that you frequent or maybe your friend goes out and drinks a few times a week or so you could ask them if they could you know bring you the leftover um, lager trap from the bar uh, that they frequent so you can maybe get free uh, beer to use uh, from there instead of using or buying you know beer you know every so often especially in the spring or summer um, for these slugs and snails that are eating up your garden you could also, you know, buy a beer either by, I don't know, whatever measurement you want to go by. Buy the pint, buy um, a big size, small size, canned uh, beer, whichever you want to. Cheap beer, expensive beer, whatever you want to use as long as it lasts and does the job. Um, so you're going to uh, want to cut the tops off of the containers that you're using or using like an open container, like maybe a glass container um, or another type, plastic one, reused one, whichever one. And you're going to want to make sure you fill it with the beer and maybe add some yeast to it to get it activated. And it's going to trap and uh, prevent um, even more creatures like the snails and slugs from, again, munching on your plant leaves and at the roots and crawling all over your precious garden. You're going to put that container or that cup um, in some soil at ground level. You just want the top um, open and you can cover um, the top of it and you can put maybe a, a saucer or another plate a little bit above it, but give it some room so that the slugs can enter in it from the top and you can put a little bit of oil around the inside uh, top um, around uh, that entrance of the cup or the container so that the slugs and snails don't come back out of the container opening. If you live in a rainy environment you can put a uh, the cover of, um, of, a, of a plate or another type of object uh, over the container itself and then poke holes, um, sizable holes in it so that the slugs and snails uh, can still access the beer trap without it, um, the container being overrun with water since it had just, you know, finished raining. Now if you live in a place that is windy, you can use a, a rock um, to put on top of the container and you can also drill holes or have access 
uh, on the sides where the slugs and snails can still enter the trap and you know just putting the rock on there secures it from uh, blowing away uh, in the wind. Eagle fact of the day is that the Vatican urges all Catholics to divest from armament makers and fossil fuel companies. That fact was sourced from the Sierra Club's Sierra Magazine in a September-October 2020 issue. The Eco Company Spotlight is a great time in the Green Dots program where I talk about amazing companies that are doing right by our planet and have products and services that match what they're doing to uh, fight all types of uh, bad things that happen and are doing great things like uh, having certified ingredients or using renewable energy or giving back through proceeds and donations to various social organizations and more. I've been doing many different reviews since February 2019, and uh, I love it. I get to talk about all these different types of companies, and you know, if you have one that you want me to learn about, don't hesitate. You can always be sure to give me a voice message via the Anchor app or on the Anchor um, site via uh, anchor.fm forward slash Thoughts podcast or giving me an email at uh, podcast at gmail.com. So I want to discuss this uh, next company. It's called Pangea Organics. So Pangea Organics formed in 2001 from the simple concept of, concept of uh, saying that we in the earth are, of course, one. And with that oneness, it gives... Uh, us or the earth gives us everything we need to of course maintain ourselves and um, you know build and have healthy lives and just live a great healthy life uh, and maintaining uh, great skincare and essentially having everything we need and so with Pangea Organics realizing that the earth is really uh, so in, in entrenched and involved in so much of what keeps us alive, uh, they wanted to work at some of the the essential building blocks of uh, what keeps us going with our food and with organic farmers that even cultivate uh, the best that nature can grow. And they also educated themselves on how the properties of many plants uh, that is in nature uh, can be uh, uh, ones that care for our skin, all the ingredients and all the components of these plants. They wanted to master these and to learn about these so much so that they could be of uh, the best uh, beneficial quality for us and our skin. So Pangea Organics really prides itself on so many things um, of them, the endless testing that they do, and also the research component uh, so that they bring you the very best. Um, so as far as the commitment to sustainability, 
Pangea Organics is amazing. They're cruelty-free in their products. They have fair trade ingredients and also organic ingredients and they source from fair trade um, organizations and companies and also organic ones too. They are 100% plant-based. They have non-synthetic formulas. That means everything is real. They are gluten-free, vegan. They're also uh, forest stewardship council or fsc certified so that means they they um, gather from managed forests that are socially beneficial environmentally responsible and sustainably managed and their products are made via wind energy they have their products made in a zero waste facility and they recycle 100 percent of the paper waste from their box production uh, for the packaging they use plant-based inks, so all their product cartons are printed with plant-based inks, and they do have recyclable, recyclable packaging um, with their products. And they're the first company in the world to use 100% sugar cane bio-resin in all of their plastic tubes. And uh, with their uh, packaging, some of their newer packaging that they have, it's made in an LEED or LEED certified facility here in the US. Now their product selection varies. They have many things for body care and skin care and a few things for lip care too. So with body care, they have the body wash, body polish, body lotion, body oil, they have the hand soap and also the hand cream. For the skincare, they have the facial cleanser, the facial toning serum, the facial cream, balancing oil, eye cream, facial mask, uh, facial scrub, and they also have sets for their their skincare. And with the lip care, they have lip balms and lip tints, and they have other products too. Now, I love uh, Pangea Organics because I first found them out like years ago, like probably 2010-ish, probably a little bit after that, and I bought one of their first soaps, um, their Italian White Sage, uh, Geranium, and Yarrow um, bar soap, but now it's in a liquid bar soap uh, body wash form. It's in a liquid body wash uh, form, so they don't have it in the bar soap unless maybe you're shopping on eBay or something. But I love the scent. It is super like fresh and really like calming. I don't know what it is, but I, I loved it. And I wish I could get more of it because um, I do love bar soaps. That's just what I navigate to. And I, I, I'm using them now. I'm not going back to body washes or anything. And it's just really like s- soothing. I have tried a few other products, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but I used to, um, you know, really... Um, wonder about like why they weren't available in tons of like other stores um like in major stores you won't really be finding uh, Pangea Organics um but their packaging though when they had the bar soap the Italian white sage geranium and yarrow um it was a great idea that it was a, a potted seed um embedded in the packaging so you could essentially um grow it or stuff it in the ground and then grow it i did it the improper way and kind of had waterlogged it because i thought that it would um from water it would sprout but you know you gotta put it in a in a safe environment that can allow that and um if you don't it won't sprout so I mean, kind of can't get that use there, but it was a, an ingenious idea. It's one of the few, the few um, organic 
manufacturers of uh, skincare and body care products that use, I think, that idea. And it was a great one. And I kind of miss it because you can't really get that feel with their glass and carton and um, metal containers or their recyclable plastic ones. Um, but I do love that it does, you know, clean. It is a great bar soap. They have other products too that I will be uh, buying in the future because their products are insanely uh, priced uh, for good. Like they have really good um, sales and, you know, their their lip balms and the lip sets and everything are like from, you know, $5.99, $3.99, like really low prices. And they have other products on their site too for great prices too. So I love their work and their longevity like they're like a staple um in organic skincare and body care and i'm glad to um you know partake in their products i love uh, pangea organics can't say anything bad about them i totally give them five out of five green thumbs up so with pangea organics you can find them uh, in stores and online can search them and go to their website www.pangeaorganics.com that's p-a-n-g-e-a-o-r-g-a-n-i-c-s.com you can find them also on amazon ebay.com luckyscent.com or pharmaca also safe and chic and other locations here in the u.s uh, by clicking find us at the top of the website on their website uh, and then they're also available on their social media platform pages at uh, Pangea Organics on Facebook they're also on the same thing uh, on Instagram at Pangea Organics they're on uh, uh, LinkedIn as well and they're also on Pinterest at Pangea Organics everywhere you can find them at Pangea Organics or Pangea and also, they're the same thing on Twitter. They're on uh, that site um, at Pangea. And they're on YouTube at Pangea Organics. Now, to contact Pangea Organics, uh, you can, of course, go to the website, www.pangeaorganics.com. And then check out the uh, bottom of the website under Contact Us to call, mail, or message them. If you learned something about this podcast episode, I'm really glad that you did. And this is really, uh, I think, a fun one, too, because I love mixing and creating things, whether that be through arts and crafts or designing things or just uh, creating another podcast episode. Like, it's super fun. And getting out, especially when it's warm outside or hot outside, to, uh, you know, make sure that I can deter insects is precious because, you know, trying to, um, you know, craft something and, you know, trying to do that, um, you know, I wish I would have done something like that before, you know, um, uh, having planted sunflower, um, you know, plants and that not really going so well or just try, just trying to avoid having, you know, insects wreck what I was, you know, growing for days upon days of, on end. Um it would have been, you know, great to see the final product if it wasn't, you know, sabotaged by the insects because they were eating up the sunflower plants. Like after like 60 days or so, it was on and popping for them. And that really didn't deter my need to plant anymore. Or again, it just made it so that I have to be prepared. 
And so with this episode, I hope for you that you're able to find the mixture that works for you, whether that's the um, diatomaceous earth, the DE uh, earth, or whether it's maybe the soap spray or vegetable oil spray or the uh, other sprays that are on the list too. So many others, the neem oil spray, for example, that you find what works for you is really, you know, great on your uh, wallet, you know, and maybe also the uh, beer concoction that I mentioned in the Mother Earth Minutes because I went ham on, you know, finding all the videos uh, on YouTube and I, I gathered different tips from several videos that I watched too. And I had fun, you know, seeing all the floating snails and slugs that were just destroying people's, you know, gardens. They just captured them all and they're the slugs and the snails, they couldn't resist. And it's just a natural way to get rid of them instead of spraying them to death. Like this is a way that they're going to, you know, drink up, but that's going to be the last time that they in inevitably, um, you know, are alive. And that's a good thing for you, for your plants, because you want them to not um, be eaten and, and just totally just decimated um, by the, you know, slugs and the snails out there. So hopefully, you know, you can maybe search those videos out too because they're pretty addicting. Like there's so many different solutions people have uh, to fighting uh, different pests and vermin. And I didn't even know about the solution until uh, doing this podcast episode. So I even learned different uh, ways to, um, you know, fight the pests in, you know, my garden. So I'm really happy about that. And they're great for, you know, using around the compost or just like somewhere where, you know, that um, it won't get to, um, you know, rummage around and, and, and make waste of your compost. Because, you know, it's it's great to make sure that other things that aren't supposed to be in the compost, you can make sure that your compost is healthy and everything by just making sure that all the 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 tractors or the insects, like spiders, for example, or anything else you don't want around. And this is a great spray for them as well. But um, in general, I thank you so much for coming and listening to my podcast episode. Be sure to share it maybe with your friendly gardener or your mom or grandma or your gardening club buddies or just someone you know who loves, love gardening, maybe has an award-winning a plant set or garden shrubbery or rare exotic plants and maybe they've heard of some of these remedies or maybe they haven't or maybe they want to add them to their collection you know maybe you could you know shine some light on uh, this to them and also come back and listen repeatedly for um, this you know list uh, at your disposal and you really make use of it I really hope that uh, you treasure it and keep it for years to come so until next time, be safe and I will come back with another podcast episode coming up soon. But until then, again, thank you and please take care of yourselves and please take care of the planet. See ya.